Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of About Abroad, where it's my job to introduce you to people who have built amazing lives for themselves in various foreign corners of the globe. We're talking with expats and thought leaders about moving abroad, remote work, visas, and all the fun and practical knowledge that you need to know to follow in their footsteps. If you've ever dreamed of making a life for yourself overseas, maybe working remotely or embracing long-term travel, retiring or studying abroad, or even just taking a peek inside life beyond your borders, you've landed in the right place. My guest today is the head of immigration of Portugal at Lexity Law, and her name is Diana Andrade. She's joining me to cover one of the biggest stories in the whole expat and digital nomad world as Portugal's government suddenly announces in October that they're going to end the wildly popular NHR, non-habitual residence program, in Portugal. This has been something that's been extremely attractive for people who have been using the D7 or the digital nomad visa to move to Portugal. And suddenly, by the end of the year, it's apparently going to be no more. We wanted to get into all the details, what we know, what we don't know, and what we think will happen, because a lot of the headlines you're reading out there are pretty misleading. There's a lot of questions yet to be answered, and we needed to get down to the bottom of what we do actually know. So, The takeaway for me from this conversation is that it is not as bad as it seems, though changes are definitely coming and it's best to be informed. So that's why we have Diana on today. I hope you all will enjoy this one, especially if you're planning on moving to Portugal. A lot of really good information provided. Please help me in welcoming Diana to About Abroad. All right, Diana, changing times in uh, in Portugal, <laughs> the end of an era, NHR is coming to an end. What are we going to do? Uh, I'm so thankful that you you joined on short notice to, to answer some questions. There's a lot of people very interested in this. Obviously, Portugal's one of the most popular, if not the most popular destination in the world for expats and, and people looking to spend significant time abroad. And, uh, and so NHR has been a big part of that. And, um, and and things are changing. We we know that. I don't know that we have all the answers, but we know things are changing. So I imagine it's a busy time for you right now. Yes, definitely. So first of all, thank you for this invitation. It's it's a great pleasure to be here and to well to give you some some updates or not about AHR. But the only thing at this moment that I can can have sure is our country is the best country to relocate uh, as you know I, I believe that you know we we have a, a beautiful country nice people nice food so it's always uh, a pleasure to receive uh, from people that want to, to relocate and even without any child uh, which uh, it's not ending yet so uh, we have some opportunities. Uh, we still have some opportunities. I think our country, uh, it's worth it to come uh, to Portugal. And about the NHR itself, well, I don't have answers or correct answers to you. Okay. So I will do my best according to the proposal of the state uh, budget law. Uh, and some news uh, that we can we can follow, but uh, answers or correct answers are definitely uh, 
definitive answers we don't know, uh, we don't have at this moment. But I will do my best to help. Yeah, that's a that's a great point to make. That um, you know, this is this is how these bureaucratic things work. They they come out in phases. There's proposals and there's votes and there's amendments and then you know eventually you end up with with something. Uh, but where we are right now is in that gray area, in between. So so we have some hunches about what's happening and we um, and we're going to do our best here today because there's lots of the fact is is there's lots of questions this. This kind of came out of nowhere, and um, so there's lots of questions being asked. We may not have all the answers, but we're going to do our best. And um, and so anyway, we'll throw that caveat out there. As of the date of this recording on uh, November sixth, this is all the information that we have available, and uh, and you know things may change between the time of recording and posting. So keep that in mind while you're listening to this. Um, at, at the same time, I do want to agree with you, and I think your your point about. Portugal being an amazing place to live, even you know whether NHR goes away or not, it remains factual. <laughs> it is uh, you know, these are these are two separate things, um, and, and I think it's a, we should spend a little bit of time on this before getting in to NHR that you have visa opportunities to move to Portugal, and that is not necessarily going away, if I understand correctly. But the tax regime that's very uh, incentivizing for a lot of expats that is sort of connected you know a lot of people would take advantage of both opportunities both to live there and take advantage of tax opportunities um the tax part just may be being diminished or, or going away so first of all let's let's clarify that is is that correct yes it's completely correct and allow me to give you some uh, additional information which is okay if nhr uh finished in, at the end of this year uh okay uh, will be uh, a lack of opportunity, of course. But uh, regarding to the taxes, it's very important to inform that person who will come to Portugal, he or she will not pay uh, double taxes, okay? So, of course, uh, we have some countries that we don't have the, the, the agreement to avoid the double taxation and the, we need to, to check case by case. But I can tell you that we have more than 30 countries that we have this kind of um, uh, agreement to avoid the double taxation and they will not pay uh, double taxes. So we need to analyze. The first thing to do is enter into contact with a lawyer, with us, so we can analyze what is the correct or the specific, the concrete situation. Okay, so it's very important to to analyze, to understand, to have a great vision about the, the, the taxes because sometimes you you are thinking that the NHR will be a super good uh, idea and uh, you will have a very good benefit, but could be not like this. So we need to analyze case by case to understand the specific situation. And this is something that, well, we, we talk a lot about oh, okay NHR it's good because you, need, you don't need to pay taxes in port it's not true so we need to analyze of course we have this case with dividends we have this case with rents outside of Portugal but for example with your uh, salary your active income it's not like that so we need to analyze case by case you have social security so we need uh, it, it's important it's the first step not to decide, oh, okay, now we don't have any HR, so uh, 
we will choose another country. No, you need to, in fact, first thing to do is to enter in contact with the specialists in order to to, to have the, a clear visibility of the situation, the concrete situation. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Every situation is very nuanced, and uh, and and we often like see the headlines associated with these visas or these tax regimes that are very incentivizing. And on the surface, it can seem like the uh, the silver bullet to your your beautiful life abroad. And uh, and and in fact, like there's a lot, always a lot of caveats. Um, and so, I think that's that's a really good point. Let's let's back up a second because I think we dove right in, and because we're both kind of excited to talk about this, you know, a, a major headline in the space that we live in. But um, but at the same time, there may be some people listening, kind of going, "I don't even really know what NHR is." So let's like just go do a couple bullet points really quick and just sort of describe for me NHR as it stands today, as it, as it has been, just a, a quick synopsis of of what this has meant for people over the years. Yeah, so regarding to this regime, it's important to notice that instead here in Portugal, we have the progressive uh, rates. So as soon as, first of all, I'm sorry, in order to apply for NHR, it's important to, uh, to inform that you need to be tax resident in Portugal. This is the first, first thing to, to, to take into consideration. Then... Uh, as soon as you have your uh, tax residence in Portugal, you can apply for the NHR if you fulfill the the requirements of the one of the professional activities, like super high qualified, like managers, like professors, like uh, directors. Uh, so you need to fulfill this requirement. Okay, so the benefits of the NHR will be instead of progressive rate, you will be apply, ap, uh, applicable uh, up the case of this fine uh, people, a tax rate, uh, a fixed tax rate of t- uh, 20% for active income and 10% for pension, okay? Uh, it's the main benefit together among with the, the, the fact that if you pay or if you pay dividends, interest, or rent outside of Portugal, you will be exempt by this uh, taxes in Portugal. But you need to declare all your income in Portugal once you change your residence to Portugal. So you will not pay, of course, but you need to declare. So we have here some concepts. It's not super uh, easy or clear sometimes. But first thing, tax resident in Portugal. Second, uh, understand if your profession will be qualified as uh, a valid professional activity. Uh, third, you need to declare that the, the, your taxes, your income in Portugal, but doesn't mean that you need to pay taxes. So this will be at the end of each year uh, will be uh, the work of the tax authorities and of course the lawyers and the tax specialists to analyze the, the, the taxes that the, the person needs to pay here in Portugal. Well said. Thank you. <laughs> One question about the people who you mentioned, like kind of high level professionals are what the NHR is designed to uh, attract. We have a lot of people here who are, you know, remote workers. They're people, digital nomads. They're people who are, you know, 
they're taking their job basically from home and bringing it here. So they might be a, a designer, they might be a solopreneur, or they're running their own business. Um, they might be a engineer coding for a company. You know, there are a variety of jobs. Do generally speaking, do those fit under the regime? Completely, absolutely. So it's high professional activities, you know. So and you value the society. Okay, I see. And so, and so the idea here is like you know, <laughs> there, there's the first step is you obtain for a lot of people. I mean, I guess you could be coming from within Europe and just move to Portugal and then apply for the NHR. And then for people coming from outside of Europe, they would first need to get a visa, which would be maybe like the D7 or the Portuguese digital nomad visa, um, or some other means that in the past, I guess the golden visa, which is also uh, perhaps going away, I guess. So you've got, you've got some pathway that you need to get to Portugal, establish residency, make yourself a tax resident, and then you apply for NHR and hope that you can get this reduced tax rate. And if you're talking about, you know, 20% basically on active income, then that that is effectively cutting your tax rate in half or maybe even more, assuming your income is, a, you know, puts you in the higher tax brackets. Is that is that all kind of fair to say? Am I, am I off, board, off, off point anywhere? You, you, I, I can, I can ha- hire you to help you with this question. So... Yes, so completely correct, completely correct. But it's not only the D7, digital law, it's the most frequent, but it's not only this this kind of visas. You can also apply and actually at this moment, if the person wants in fact to live in Portugal and be able to wait more or less for like two years for the residence permit, it is a possibility to apply directly in Portugal for the manifestation of interest. So it's a process. Well, we we have here a process that allows you to apply quickly because imagine that you can you you are a freelancer. You can open the activity before the the Portuguese tax authorities uh, with a need uh, with a proof of accommodation and with a need. We can start the the process directly in Portugal, okay, with a, a legal entry in Portugal as well. So it's possible to start, and instead of issue the, the invoices according to your activity outside of Portugal, you can issue the invoices here in Portugal, and then you fulfill all the requirements to apply uh, for the manifestation of interest or. If you intend to open a company, set up a company in Portugal, you can also apply for this. Or if you have promise a promissory contract with a company in Portugal, you can also apply for this manifestation of interest. Of course, we have here the time or the delay against this process. So could take, at this moment, could take a, a, a two years to, to have the residence or to have the appointment for your residence. But if you are willing to have the NHR and to live in Portugal and be able to wait uh, for this period of time, could be uh, a possibility and apply for the manifestation of interest because with that, it means that you are in Portugal waiting for your for, to put your residence in a regular legal way so you are able to apply with the manifestation of interest because you 
already enrolled in a, a process. I see. Okay. So um, is man- manifestation of interest, is this the title of a visa, like a particular type of visa or? No, it's a, a, a process. So it's not a visa. A visa, uh, you need always to uh, request at the consulate or the private entity outside of Portugal to get a visa. In Portugal, you will uh, get a residence permit, okay, always. So visa consulate, residence permit, Portugal, a part of golden visa. Forget about golden visa because uh, golden visa is a completely a part process. They call golden visa, but it's not a visa, it's a residence permit. So, but the rest of the visas and residence permit consulate uh, visa residence permit Portugal and in Portugal you can apply uh, imagine that you have the possibility to come with your passport you have the 90 days to travel around Europe you don't need a visa so you enter legally in Portugal if you enter legally in Portugal and if you fulfill the rest of the requirements uh, you can apply for an expression and manifestation of interest it means that you you are uh, uh, seeking of uh, starting a, a new life in Portugal. You enter here, you like it, so you you want to move forward with this process. Uh, in the past, this process w- was uh, very popular um, with with people that well uh, just came uh, with a contract. Imagine a con- employment contract and. Well, started to 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 work and everything, and it it was it it was faster way to apply for a residence in Portugal. But at this moment, fortunately, because that means that our country is one of of the amaz- amazing countries to live. The services are very delayed, and this what this this is the most affected uh, residence. So could take some time. I see. So it would be important to highlight for people, I think, here that this is this is actually like a pretty exciting little hidden gem within the the greater conversation that we're having here about NHR. Which because I think I think we have to think about NHR as like a bonus, like the cherry on top of an already really good situation, right? Like in in Portugal, you have obviously you're in the European Union, you have uh, incredible weather great history, food, culture, uh, a relatively, you know, lower cost of living compared to some other places like London or Berlin, even even just France in general. Like, you know, you can, you can go across the board. There's a lot of reasons to move there. And then NHR was just like this extra bonus. It was like, oh yeah. And by the way, you, you get this favorable tax rate, which, which is very attractive. But, um, the fact is, is that like, you know, Portugal is still very much so open for business in terms of being a being a place that makes it somewhat easy to move to compared to other countries. Um, what you just highlighted there is a great example of this. Uh, you know, being able to arrive on your ninety day tourist visa and then just make a declaration that, hey, actually, I'd like to move my life here, um, and then you're able to stay <laughs> until until that case gets resolved. Like that's a pretty unique thing. Um, Go try to do that in, a, in the majority of other countries. It won't happen like that. <laughs> so, 
Um, I, th- I think there's there's a bit of a myth out there um, that I, th- I think there's some like you know clickbait headline headlines that are basically trying to spin this as if Portugal is sick of expats and nomads and wants them but doesn't want them anymore and that's why this is happening and and the fact is is that like when you separate these two things out the tax bit which is like this cherry on top and the residency visa side of the equation, which allows you to come and stay and build a life for yourself. The latter is still very much so still open and still one of the most favorable situations uh, in the world. So I, I think that's really important to keep in mind. Yes, completely. And I agree. I completely agree with you because it is in fact a, a great country and it's not because uh, I'm a Portuguese one but uh no no it's true because people uh, with my age we need this kind of people here we need our people here we we have like a very low babies the number of babies for example we need people like in the middle age to come to portugal and live here because we need this we need for our culture we need for our day-to-day we need for a, a lot of reasons and it's not only because we have a government like sometimes they are part of everyone because no one thinks like that so different people the people want that wants to to move to Portugal is super very welcome and it's a general way to see everything so and also I would like to share here something the the government is discussing and it's important because I just remember because because of the people that uh, digital nomad, for example, with active income. So they will end with this NHR regime. But I know that they are thinking to, to have uh, not the same uh, regime, of course. Uh, NHR will end benefit for digital nomad that wants to, to, to come to Portugal. They are studying, or they are thinking in the possibility to not to have the tax rate, the fixed tax rate of 20%, but uh, to pay and a half of the, the taxes until 250,000 per year during five years, I believe. Yes, during five years. So. It's not NHRG, but this something for the ones that want to, 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 to come with an active income and the, the most part of them will be with a digital nomad visa. Of course, a D1 visa, a work employment visa, it's the same. So it's a person that wants to come and can come and pay and a half of the, the amount uh, of taxes. So it's not a door or a window that open. And we can we can think that it's not everything is bad. Uh, we we have here a possibility to to help and to make our country a little bit more well uh, attractive. But I don't I don't know more about that. Okay, I just know that they are steady. This is something that they they put uh, on the table uh, in the document. So super curious about that. And I will have more more news after the discussion. I think will be twenty second and twenty third of November. Twenty second and twenty third of November. Okay, so so that that brings us to a point here that we should we should 
really make clear. Um, so as of the time of this conversation, we're, we're basically, uh, saying that the, there's been a proposal that just popped up in late October from the government to get rid of NHR proposal is by the end of the year so that anybody at, that applies for it as of January 1st and doesn't have it wouldn't be able to get it to get it going forward that's the the proposal as of right now is is that more or less correct Martin Lace, so if you had have a visa a valid visa residence until the end of this year you can apply until uh, 31st of March okay or a manifestation of interest as well until the end of this year you can apply for the NHR at this moment uh, this is the proposal question question on that so would that be for like let's say someone very specifically is considering moving to Portugal they've been making their plans they've got their visa lined up but they weren't planning on getting there until let's say January or February of 2024 would the advice then be to get to Portugal as soon as possible uh, before the end of the year and and apply if if possible yes yeah oh and or if you're in Portugal, right? Let's say you just arrived to Portugal and uh, you, but you haven't yet done the application for the NHR, like go ahead and do that right now. <laughs> uh, you need, you need yes. to get that done as soon yes. as possible. Okay. Okay. So that completely. window is still open. Yes. 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 Completely. Yes. And they are thinking to open a little bit more. So, but I, I don't know what they, they, they want to, uh, the, the meaning of this, which is like, they they want to open a little bit more with the pendant process at the Portuguese authorities here, Ama, not say at this moment. But we don't know uh, if will be the, a process, a pendant process at the set, the, the set no Ama at this moment, or if if will be a process that a person that is waiting for an appointment this will count because we have a lot of people that. Many people that he's living here, waiting for an appointment, uh, but they, they don't have anything to apply. So they are discussing about that. So we have here a lot of questions. I think they will not have, I think, but it's my personal opinion, not like it's not professional. It's my personal. I think they need to extend this period of transition because it's not clear and will be not for the ones that can't apply because of the lack of availability to schedule the appointment, for example. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I, I t see watching this play out in some other countries where things like this have happened, it seems like, uh, you know, again, my, my personal opinion, definitely not a professional opinion because this is not my profession, but just the, what I've seen play out in other places. It's like the first proposal is very harsh in a lot of ways. And, and then it gets, you know, it's, it's politics and government. And I mean, it gets wiggled Completely. to where it, it, yeah. So I, I think over, you know, hopefully over time, this will, this will be loosened to where, you know, pe people have a little bit more open though, um, to apply. But, uh, I, I mean, I know some people actually that are planning to make the move to Portugal in 2024 and, uh, it, you know, they definitely won't be there with this, this came out late October. So, I mean, they basically have two months to get there and, um, and so they won't be. So anyway, I, I tend to think like the, the quote unquote right thing will be done, but, but let's see. Um, 
anyway okay so that's uh that's good to clarify and then is it also correct to say that if somebody comes on in 2024 they've already obtained their visa let's say in december of 2023 but um but have not yet arrived to Portugal, like, is there any way to do this without being physically present in Portugal? I don't think so. Without being in person in Portugal, physically in Portugal, it's not possible. It's possible if you already have, imagine that you already have your visa and for your visa, you need your proof address in Portugal and everything. It's possible. Okay. But without anything, it's not possible. Yeah. Okay. All right. So if the, if the plan was to come in 2024, then like you, you have to make it 2023 to, to most, most likely. It's better for now. For now, it's better with the, the information that we had with the proposal that we had, it's better. Of course, let's see, uh, maybe in December, uh, I will have more, more updates, but at this moment I would say like, it's not possible. Of course, uh, if you really intend to come to Portugal and you want to take advantage, you know, imagine that you you have the Portuguese tax number underneath and the Portuguese bank account. Well, we we save here uh, like two months of work or three months of work because sometimes the bank account could take like two or three months because of the compliance of the banks and everything. That means that we have two months to apply for the visa and uh, in some consulates, not all, all uh, in uh, Embria, all consulates, we have a, a very low list of consulates that, well, they, they are very fast to work on it and uh, to to running with applications, so and if they have availability to schedule, there is like a super tiny possibility to apply for the visa if you have these two steps ready at this moment. Okay. Okay. So if you are in this position with a Portuguese bank account and a NIF, and if you can look very quick for an accommodation, we can just starting with the process of the, the, the visa and could be, uh, well, I think in some cases uh, could be, a, could we have here a tiny possibility to have the visa until the end of the year. For example, London, the, the problem with London is the availability, but uh, for in one hand, but on the other hand, we, we have uh, at least our uh, visa, our application could take like two weeks. We we, we have two, two applications last week, yes. And they, they took two weeks to, to get the approval. So it depends. I, I, I don't want to say no, it's not possible if you really want. Uh, you just got. You need to contact the person that can help you, and try to our luck. We cannot guarantee, but we can try with everything, of course. Perfect. That's all we can ask for.
We'll be right back to the show after a quick break for a note from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by my friends over at Lexity. I've lived abroad in various countries, and one common denominator I've found is that dealing with foreign bureaucracy is a nightmare. Trying to navigate visa and immigration waters in another language is not something I'd recommend ever trying on your own, even for the most experienced of us. So when I recently had to renew my Spanish visa again, I turned it over to the pros at Lexity. They've already helped more than 5,000 expats and digital nomads find a home and thrive in countries like Portugal, or in my case, Spain, also Italy, France, and Greece. Some very desirable locations indeed. So whether you're trying to obtain your first visa abroad, purchase a property, or work through international tax issues, Lexity's team of friendly lawyers is here to simplify your journey. The team is super knowledgeable, bilingual, and thorough, and I seriously cannot recommend their services enough. My experience working with them has been incredible, and I can honestly say I don't know that I would have EU permanent residency if it wasn't for the help of the team at Lexity. So if you're ready to make your move abroad, then Lexity is offering an exclusive discount to About Abroad listeners. Grab 10% off your first service with the code ABOUTABROAD2023 and learn more over at Lexity.com in the show notes and start your abroad journey today. If you've made it this far into the episode and you're still enjoying yourself, then I would love to ask a quick favor. Open up the app that you're using to listen to this podcast and leave a quick review. You can do this in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and really just about any platform that allows podcast listening now. If you can't find that in the interface of the app, then scroll down in the show notes and find ratethispodcast.com slash aboutabroad, and you should be able to leave it from there. Thanks so much, guys. We really appreciate it and hope you enjoy the rest of the show. I mean, generally speaking with these things, like I would advise someone to give themselves, you know, six months to, to at a minimum, just to like, make sure that there's not a lot of pressure and you can work through the system. I mean, it, it's, you know, there's a lot of people are involved in making all this happen. Um, but it can be done faster and, you know, in crunch time as, as you might be in right now, uh, you, you know, it's, it's worth a shot if, if this is, um, that important to you. I am really, it is really nice to hear, you know, and again, I know you can't confirm it, but it's nice to hear for, for those that are, were considering applying for NHR, um, that there may be some other, uh, you know, tax incentive coming behind this. So it may not be, you know, maybe it won't be quite as impactful as NHR, but you know, it, it might, there might be something there. Um, so I think that's important to, to know as well. Like it's not, it's not the, Nobody's really reporting on that because that's not a sexy headline um, because it's much more, you're going to get a lot more clicks saying end of NHR, uh, Portugal wants to turn away uh, expats and nomads and uh, that'll, that'll get a lot more clicks. But I, I think this is, this is the reality that um, it's been a successful regime for the, the country and um, I don't think they're just going to like completely scrap all that work that they've done and all the infrastructure they put in place. Um, so I think change is coming. It sounds like that's what I'm getting from you. Is change is coming. Um, what you see about everything ending right on December 31st is probably a little bit hyperbole. Um, and, and there's a bigger window open. So, so maybe don't freak out if you just thought all was lost. <laughs> uh, I, I, that's what I'm hearing from you. If I was, if I was somebody applying for this or planning to apply for this, I would feel a lot better after having this conversation with you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it's like this. Uh, let me just uh, update you uh, about the discussion. The next dis discussion at the parliament will be between 23rd 
and 29 of November. Okay. Okay. So they will discuss, the, the parties will discuss at the parliament between 30, uh, 23rd and 29th of November. Okay. All right. So we'll keep an eye on that when we'll know that uh, potentially more change is coming. Uh, if you're listening to this after that date, then then do a quick Google search and see if what we've said has uh, still still stands or just reach out to Diana directly via the link in the show notes and uh, and she might be able to help you. Can I, but before we move on from NHR, do, do we miss anything? I want to I want to ask you a question or two on the visa side of things, but um, do, are we... Do you feel like we covered the situation with NHR as of today? Yes, completely. Okay. All right. Great. So talking really quickly about like the the visa side of things, is there, so there's, you have the D7 visa, correct? That's no, no signs of that going away or changing or anything. Is that fair to say? One life. So last year we had the, the change with the digital low and visa. So. Yeah, uh, this is where I was visa. going. <laughs> you have this too now, right? So let's, yes, yeah, let's, yes, let's, yes. let's talk about this. And they are different and we need to be sure that we are applied for the correct one. So D7 visa, passive income, okay? Not active at all. So passive income, pensions, dividends, interests, rents, whatever. <laughs> all uh, passive income, you, you can apply for the D7 visa. Uh, digital nomad visa, uh, active income. And you should prove, you need, you must prove that you can work remotely. Okay. And according to my experience, it's important to have uh, a, a strong proof that you work with someone. If you are a freelancer, you have an agreement with a company, for example, or with a person saying like, you can work remotely, this service will will be um, um, provide to a distance, you can work wherever you want. Um, you have a minimum of salary will, that will be at least part times the minimum salary wage in Portugal, and don't forget that I'm I'm speaking uh, very slow because it's very important to uh, to keep this information. Part times the minimum salary wage in Portugal and will be updated at the beginning of the next year. Okay, we don't have the. Uh, the, the final uh, amount, but we have uh, well, they they are discussing, and the number that they they put here uh, outside uh, was eight hundred and twenty euros instead of seven hundred and sixty euros. So you should prove in average. For the last three months before the application, before the appointment at the consulate, that you have at least four times the minimum salary waiting with a with a digital number. I'm sorry. <laughs> so more or less, uh, you need to you need to have about thirty two hundred euros uh, around thirty yeah thir 
$3,500 salary per month, um, round yes. numbers. Go a little higher than that if you can. Uh, and that'll help your, your application, I'm sure. But at a minimum, you need to be in that range. Yes. And it's important to prove with the pay slips, with the invoices, with the contract, with the agreements, but we need to prove this, okay? It's super important. Okay. And um, and then on that visa, on the digital nomad visa, do you you become a tax resident of Portugal? And if and under NHR, you would ideally get the uh, NHR preferred tax rates. That's the part that may be changing or going away. Likely is is very likely is changing. Maybe going away completely. Um, but then you just you become a, a natural tax resident of, of Portugal as of right now. Yes, it's true, but with the possibility to to pay only fifty percent uh, of the taxes until uh, uh, the amount of uh, two thousand and fifty uh, two hundred and fifty thousand. Okay, that's a really big uh, deal. Yes, that's like I mean is. that's that's almost in a, in a way, isn't it? So much. Like, how, yeah, like it's that's much. I mean that's a massive uh, amount that yes. I feel like this this doesn't go talked about at all. Well, <laughs> to have this income per per year, I I would love I would like no I would love to have that. Yes, and <laughs> so my fifty percent. Uh, well, uh, in, I I believe that they will. They will move forward with that if NHR is. Uh, uh, so I this is the they, thing. They so they're they're kind in. of saying NHR the flat twenty percent tax goes might well. Let's just pretend that what they proposed it happens. So in that case, NHR goes away. The flat twenty percent tax uh, and in the benefits that came with NHR go away. However, perhaps replacing that. This is the part we we really don't know is um, is that. They would instead shift it to like fifty. You you pay a fifty percent of the tax bill essentially, which so like you're a natural, you're a normal tax resident of Portugal. You get your tax bill, cut that in half, <laughs> and that's and that's what you. Oh, I mean that's that's still pretty incredible. Like I, I wonder, I actually wonder mathematically how different it would it would be. Like it it, it probably wouldn't be that different than under the NHR scheme for most people. That is correct, and this is my opinion about that. And well, but that you know, the the difference is about the D seven, because with the D seven, with NHR, it's super benefit for the ones that came with the D seven visa because the dividends, the rents, uh, when you pay outside of country, here you are exempt. If they end with you know, so. I think the, the 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 worst scenario will be for the D seven visa, not for the digital nomad. Got it. This is a this is a very important distinction, especially for the audience here. I mean, um, that I know the the rough demographics of who's listening, and uh, a lot of them would be as of today. They wouldn't, you know, maybe three years ago or five years ago, they would have been D seven people because Portugal allowed that. Like other countries, kind of like looking the other way. Like, sure, you're remote worker retiree whatever same thing um now it's not the case you have the you have the digital nomad visa and and so 
yeah, that's unfortunate for the people in the D7. Um, but uh, but for those, you know, a lot of people listening here who are active income uh, earners and and would want that digital nomad visa, they're still going to have the the possibility of a really good tax bit. Yeah. Of course. Yes, 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 yes. And even for the D7 applicants, don't forget that you need to declare the taxes in Portugal. After that, they will see if you need to pay or not. We don't know. For example, I will I will give you an, uh, a practical e- example with the rents. Here in Portugal, we paid like 28% uh, of taxes. So I don't know uh, what is the amount in US or UK uh, for this kind, kind of income. Uh, let's say that it's uh, to, uh, 30% here they will not pay more you know because they will see the amount of taxes and I'm talking about US and UK because we have these agreements to avoid the double taxation but they will not pay more here you know so we need to we need to analyze case by case and see what is the, the difference uh, of taxes that the, the, the applicant will 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 pay in Portugal. Yeah, I think everybody's always freaked out about being double taxed. And like uh, with, for the majority of people, if you're, I mean, as long as you're moving to a country where there's a dual taxation agreement with the country you're going to and the country that you previously lived in, like you'll be able to avoid double taxation. So, uh, you know, again, just blanket statement there. I'm sure maybe you can find a, uh, find some situation where I'm wrong. So seek professional advice on all things taxes. <laughs> Uh, but but that's generally what I've what I've seen um, as well. So I think that's a really good thing to point out. It's like always something. People that are just dipping their toe in the water of moving abroad, like that's like one of the first five questions out of their mouth is is uh, is something related to like oh, but I'm going to get taxed in both places, especially for Americans, because we're told you'll always end up having to pay your taxes back to the U.S., which is true and tiny bit untrue. It depends, quote unquote, as the uh, is always the way to look at these things. Um, okay, so I, what the thing I'm really excited about that you said there is that like a couple things that I pulled out that I didn't know, and I'm wondering if I can uh, connect the dots here and and see if I'm understanding correctly. Um, so tell tell me when tell me when I'm wrong, <laughs> even if it's even if it's clean up. So um, early on, you said that someone could come to uh, Portugal on like their 90 day tourist visa and then decide that they like it and apply to, to stay, um, with the manifestation of interest. So you're basically saying I'm here, I would like to stay. Can they apply for the digital nomad visa in that way? Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. It's possible. That's really yes. awesome. You need to and register the, the activity. You need to, to have the number of social security, the need, a proper presence, provide accommodation, and that's it. And you're saying NIS, that's like a national identification card? Portuguese tax number. Yes. Portuguese tax number. Portuguese tax number. Okay. So you apply for these things. Um, You have these things. You're in the country. You apply for the digital nomad visa. But let's say at this point, you're 60 days into your stay, and you technically only have 90 days. Are you automatically extended, like by by having 
can I stay past my 90 days because I've applied? Yes, you can stay here and waiting here uh, for the appointment uh, for your personal. Yes. Okay, great. And then the problem uh, is oh. to, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, please. No, no. The problem is when you want or when you need to uh, to leave the country for some reason and you want to return. You know what I mean? So the problem is when you need to return or when you want to return. Because if you leave for your country of residence of origin, you can go. You don't have problem. You may have a problem and may have uh, because it's not like that all the time, is to return to the country or to just travel around Europe. You know, it's not possible. Okay. You can't, you can't travel around Europe during that time. Ah, because your Schengen visa is, is done. Is yeah. it? Is, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good to, that's good to point out. In Spain, we had a thing, we had a thing called the a regresso. It's like while you're in that gray area, you can apply for basically a, a statement from the government saying, yeah, you can leave and come back, but you do have to go apply for, for that. Do you have something like that in Portugal? Not really. No, what, what we can do, no, what we can do, and we cannot do at this month, I will explain, uh, is to, to expand the validity uh, of the Schengen visa. But at this moment, it's not possible because we have a law uh, which is running until the end of this year saying that uh, you can stay, your visa, your residence permit, all your documents are valid until the end of this year. Okay, so only next year. And I don't know if they will extend this law. I believe so because of this kind of situations like the delay uh, and the lack of avail availabilities to schedule the appointments. So they, they, you, you will be regular in the country. So, but the, the problem will be the same. So you cannot travel around because you don't have a Schengen visa. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. And, and so it could be, I, I think you mentioned around a year or two, maybe even two years, did you say earlier that it could be that you're waiting for, for this? So does that mean you could kind of be like trapped? There are worse places to be trapped, but, uh, but you, you, it could take that long. So, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Am I correct on that? Yes, you are yeah. correct. Okay. Unfortunately. And so perhaps the best way, like the recommended way to go about getting the visa would be to apply ahead of time. Um, like in your home country via the consulate you and you would that be correct yes always the best solution will be to apply directly at the country of readiness okay not country of origin it's the country of residence sometimes uh, the consulates they they allow to apply at the country of origin but the rule is the country of uh, residence. You can apply for your visa residence and, and then you can apply for your residence permit in Portugal. It's super important to have these two processes uh, uh, in mind, which is your visa residence will allow you to apply for your residence permit. Yeah. Okay. 
the way the way I, th- I think it's confusing for people sometimes because we tend to <clears throat> we tend to group them together. But uh, you could think about it like your visa is your ticket into the country <laughs> in a way, and then your residency permit is like this allows you to stay long term. It's confusing because you get like, for example, a two year visa, but that's like your your entry, and it's like paying for a ticket that allows you to come and go as you as you want, but. The residency is separate, and you have to you have to keep that in mind. Yes, and don't forget that a, a visa residence will be valid only for four months, not more. Okay, along uh, you can you can have a temporary stay visa, which normally can be uh, valid for one year, not two. So uh, it's a, a short stay visa. It will be valid for one year with multiple multiple entries uh, and you can leave and uh, come to the country with the visa residence it's completely different it's a visa a, a visa that will allow you to apply for your residence permit in the country that's why the validity is uh, is only for four months and uh, you can leave uh, and come to the country two times only okay yeah, see, I mean, it's there's so much to know, and the average person just can't know this. This is why I, uh, I mean, this is why I work with Lexity on all my visa stuff, and why, like, I recommend other people do as well because it's just so complicated, and everybody's situation is is uh, a bit different. So there's no way the average person can can know all the little ins and outs of this uh, of this stuff. So. <laughs> Um, anyway, this is, this has been super insightful. Like I, I learned a ton and I think the, um, you know, the, the news is less shocking than the headlines make it appear is what I walk away with. Um, there's still, you know, Portugal's still very much so open for business in this regard. Uh, there's, you know, perhaps this, uh, that the same similar sort of tax incentive um, for for active income earners, um, which is I think really exciting, and uh, and so and, and there's you have lots of options. I mean, it's still a, a very easy country comparatively to other countries in terms of uh, getting your visa and residency permit. So um, anyway, if I was in that seat applying for this and planning on making this my my plan in 2024, I'd feel a lot calmer right now. So thank you, Diana. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. It was a great pleasure to to be here and to discuss this with you. And don't forget, Portugal, it's not only about taxes and, well, the benefits. It's about uh, how you can feel that you are at home, uh, feel uh, cozy uh, and very, very welcome here received for all of us. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, that's that's the unfortunate thing. Sometimes I think we we get uh, caught up in the logistics a lot, and and I think we forget that like the reason ninety nine point nine percent of people are moving to a place is not because of a visa or a tax incentive. That that's again like a bonus. It's because you love the country, or you want to learn the language, or you're you're seeking a better quality of life for yourself and that place offers it and uh and you know lots of people have made portugal their own for that reason um and and you know like i i'm living in the country next door and in spain like that's you know there there is no 
tax incentive for me or anything. It's it's just simply like the quality of life is really good, and and I get to do something that lights me up and and makes my my life shiver a little bit more. And so like that's that's what should really attract you to this to this lifestyle. If you're going to go through all of this, like it's got to be for that reason first. Yes, yes, completely agree with you. So uh, let's uh, make our dreams come true. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. Um, I appreciate thank it you. and uh, really, really enjoyed it. We'll, we'll touch base again as we know more and uh, keep information coming to people as the, uh, as the as changes continue to unfold. But based on what we know today, I think we gave a good good overview of the, uh, the current situation. So thank you again. Obrigado. Thank uh, you. Hope to, Obrigada. Uh, hope to talk to you again soon. <laughs> All yes, right. Yes. Thanks, Diana. Thank you. Have a nice week. Thanks for tuning in today from wherever you are in the world. Once again, I'm Chase, and this has been another episode of About Abroad. For those of you wondering how you can best support the show, I have made it super simple for you. Just go over to the show notes of the episode that you just finished listening to and click on one of the two following links. Aboutabroad.com slash newsletter to get our monthly newsletter. No spam, guaranteed. Or ratethispodcast.com slash aboutabroad, where you can quickly and easily leave a review for the show. It's not just important to me, it also helps more wanderers just like you find us. Finally, don't forget to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice, and we will see you again next week. Thanks again. Hasta luego, amigos.